2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 Has Entered the Podcast, that show about video games, nerd stuff, and friends catching up for the week. I am your co-host, Michael, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, and with me, as always, is my co-host with the co-most, Derek, a.k.a. Full Metal Merc, back again with a news-filled week Yeah, and some pretty cool shit happening. I saw you I saw you holding your head up from the mic like this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying not to breathe on that bitch. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> we were talking before recording about like the different stuff that we have to edit out and i was like sometimes i pick up your breathing really well so now he's like <gasps> just don't kill him alive <laughs> yeah don't kill yourself over it all right well let's get into it because you're right there's a lot of news this week current events wise though a few things happened this week marvel dropped the thor love and thunder trailer you get a chance yeah. to check that out yeah it was uh here's the thing I love Marvel trailers. This one didn't really do anything for me. Like, it didn't show much. It was just, I mean, like that last scene, of course. The last scene where you see Jane Foster as the Mighty Thor, like, was like, that was dope. They gave away, like, the one of the best jokes in the film. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, so I could be wrong, but it was one of my favorite jokes so yeah, far. Yeah, where he was looking into his eyes. Yeah, he was like, you just gotta look into the eyes of the people that you love, and then you'll re-. And then Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth is kind of like, eh, like yeah, yeah, like me. <laughs> he is really a really good comedic actor. I'm yeah, so glad he... that they kind of started to lean into that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the trailer besides besides that didn't really do much for me. Like, I obviously I'm gonna see it because I'm a mm-hmm. Marvel fanboy, but <laughs> like, no no sign of the villain, no real no action in the trailer. They were definitely setting the tone for the movie. Like, it's him trying to find out who he is. Yeah. Trying to figure out his place. Yeah. He was doing that uh, that rope workout, but with giant-ass chains, which I thought uh-huh. was funny. I've seen yeah. people doing that at the gym. I'm like, what's this thing that people are doing? What's that do? <laughs> what, what's that do? That Does it make back? my arms not weenie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was interesting. But, you know... You could say that it didn't show a lot, but then in the reverse, if you watch a trailer that kind of pretty much shows the whole movie, for instance, one of the best movies of that particular year, I think my favorite movie of that particular year, Get Out. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. The trailer pretty much showed the entire movie. I mean, there's a little bit of twisty here and there, but you pretty much knew start to finish what the movie was just from Mm -hmm. the trailer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was still great. Like it didn't diminish the movie, but it would have been so much better. I feel like if the trailer hadn't given away so much, you know what I mean? Yeah. So in that respect, I'm, I mean, I'm already sold that I want to see love and thunder. And I thought the trailer gave you a good vibe and reminded you why you go to see Thor because Chris Hemsworth is funny. The guardians are going to be in it for a bit. I imagine they're probably not going to be in it as much as the trailer belies probably. But that's cool that they get to show up. Then, of course, we what we're all waiting for is Lady Thor to show up at the end. Mm-hmm. And who knows? She may be a much larger part of the movie. Like you said, the trailer doesn't really kind of give away a whole lot. And I already am really excited to go see it. You know what I really want to see? Uh, we didn't talk about it recently yet, but it's in theaters right now. The Doctor Strange movie. Is it in theaters right now? It's not out is yet. Is it? It's no. not out yet? No, it comes oh, out in keep... May. Yeah, oh, I keep seeing. Okay, I feel better now because yeah, I felt bad for no, not going no. to see it. I'd have been seeing that shit. Come on. What's I'm saying? I keep seeing trailers for it. What day is it dropping? Do you recall? The fourth. All right, so it's May fourth. That makes me feel better because I felt like it was already out, and I'm like, what am I doing? Oh no, <laughs> Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness banned in Saudi Arabia due to a gay character. <laughs> People are so dumb. <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, my God. That is ridiculous. There's stuff that Disney has done in the past to appease sexist and racist audiences. I remember they, they removed Finn from the posters for Star Wars when they advertised in China. Mm-hmm. That's fucked oh, up. <laughs> damn. It's so fucked up. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and act like Disney is a paragon for putting a gay character in because they'll pull it out whenever they can just to make money. Right. Uh, but, yeah, that's unfortunate. I'm 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 excited to go see it. And I I believe Kristen probably already has it set up for us to go see it. But uh, I'm also nervous to go in the theater. And I'm mad because the Batman is on HBO Max right now. That took no time at all. None. I was like, what? 
I was like, God damn it. First of all, we spent a lot of money to go. Right. And secondly, we didn't, you know, we could have just watched it at home. Yeah. Like, we literally saw it like two weeks ago. And now I'm like, damn. Yeah, it pissed me off. now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but to be fair, it doesn't seem like Disney Plus does the same thing. Because, I mean, No Way Home still isn't on Disney Plus, And I've been waiting on that for a while. They just dropped the Blu-ray, which is mm. something I'm contemplating on picking up. But, uh Let's move on. Speaking of movies, you had seen something. Yeah, this week. I went and saw Sonic 2. I took Nora to see it. Yeah. And it was fucking dope. <laughs> it was a good was it good? Yeah, it was dope as hell. Okay. Like it, it's a kid's movie first and foremost. Let's just get sure. that out of the way. There's a lot right. of pop culture references. There's a lot of poop and fart joke type stuff in there. But if you're a fan of Sonic, you have to see this movie. Mm. Period. If you've ever loved liked sonic a little bit know anything about sonic at all you need to see this movie because it like who does some really cool stuff in there okay. <laughs> and knuckles it just as knuckles was fucking like perfect yeah i think great. yeah i think he was perfect man it was uh it was a great experience nora just would not sit still though <laughs> yeah she kept getting up she uh made us move from like the middle area to the very bottom like oh, right no up in front and i was like guess i'm watching the last half of this movie at the very front of the theater Thanks. i guess my neck is fucked now right yeah we were like leaning over to the side like okay oh that's so cool wish i could have seen it from back there <laughs> that's cool that actually reminds me when i was a kid do you remember the cinemark theaters like the dollar theaters the cheap yes ones? they had a character that used to advertise i don't think they do anymore but back in the day his name was front row joe remember him i think so Sounds familiar. Yeah. I thought he was cool when I was a kid, and I was like, <laughs> I'm going to be front row, Joe. So I always pick the same spot in every theater. If it had, like, the two aisles, I would pick the seat in the very front on the aisle on the right side. Mm. And I would always sit there and be pissed if somebody else was sitting there. But it was mainly open because nobody is crazy enough to sit in the very front. Right. you got to be some sort of psycho. Or a 10-year-old who thinks it's cool to sit up front. <laughs> So, yeah, I would just slouch down and sit up front by myself whenever we went to the theater. My, the rest of my family, who was sane, they would sit in the back. And then um, they would comment on how embarrassing it was that I was laughing so loud. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, we're not sitting together, so I guess that's good. Yeah, it's so crazy how much, like, just the movie-going experience has changed since we were kids. Yeah, it's true. Like, you used to just go to the movie theater and hope that your showing wasn't sold out. Yeah. You just go in and you just sit wherever. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> now you reserve your seats. Your seats got recliners. Some theaters you can get food. Mm. Actual kitchen-made food sent to you. It's crazy, man. I like yeah. it. I mean, if if uh, we ever get completely free and clear of the pandemic, it's something I, I probably still won't go as often because I feel like as technology has increased, I've been able to more effectively recreate the theater experience at home. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I do feel like the Batman was probably enhanced by being in a large, dark room with, you know, uh, yeah. high tech speakers and all that stuff. So I feel I'll, that. I'll give you that. All right. Well, high recommendation for Sonic 2. What would you yeah. rate it out of five? Out of five, I'd probably, probably give it a four just for here's the thing that <laughs> it does the human stuff better than I, I would say, like a Transformers. Mm. But still, they don't need to be in the movie. Like, yeah. humans don't need to be in the movie. It's it's unnecessary. Sonic can be fully animated if they so choose. You know what I mean? But, yeah, like a Trolls or, a, you know, like some DreamWorks, Disney, Pixar, 3D animation. I think that will work very well. But for what it is, man, it's four out of five, man. I, whew. Well, we'll find out soon because I imagine the Mario movie is fully animated. So oh, we'll yeah. see how that works because... Not that Sonic and Mario are the same, but it's a similar yeah. dynamic with their worlds, and we'll we'll mm -hmm. see how that how Take that pans notes, out. Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, we'll bring Mario into the real world. Sega does what Nintendo don't. <laughs> that uh, that that worked out really well last time. Right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on. Get into what All we're right. playing this week, video game wise. What you been getting into, man? Man, playing Yakuza like a damn dragon. Mm -hmm. Playing the shit out of it. Yeah, it's so good. I can't believe I ever put it down. <laughs> yeah, it's so fucking good. I just got to, I think, chapter 12. And then there's like this battle arena that you can continuously go up the levels in. It's just a mm. challenge tower, basically. And the amount of experience that they give you was dumb. Like, it's mm. it's crazy. And yeah, man, I'm, I just really love it. It's so good. 
I got two extra characters in my party mm-hmm. and like a bunch of new jobs are opening up for me. Like my stats are going up. It's just, it's great. It's great. Yakuza Like a Dragon is great. The only thing that I regret is not playing through five and six mm-hmm. because you don't have to play them in order to understand the story, but there are characters in this game that if I had played the previous games, I'd be like, oh, shit, it's such and such from Yakuza 6. You know what I mean? Like, there's a character in your party that's from Yakuza 6 or is strongly connected to a character from Yakuza 6. And I was like, I haven't played Yakuza 6, so I don't fucking know who it is. <laughs> so some of it's missed on me, but yeah, yeah I'm well, loving it. It sounds like overall it's not diminishing your experience. Yeah, no, it's, so. it's, it's excellent. It's great, excellent fucking RPG. I can't believe they like were able to change the formula so much to where like it's just it's just a good turn based RPG. I can't believe mm-hmm. that they turned Yakuza into that. Yeah, it's a big risk, but it has uh, big rewards. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I can remember the jump from Resident Evil Code Veronica to Resident Evil Four. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How how much of a game changer that was. So like when you completely, I mean, it's not like it shifted genres, but the control scheme and the setup was a mm-hmm. lot more different. And I, I feel like you could almost separate out the action horror versus like survival horror, maybe. I don't know. So yeah. yeah, pretty cool switch up. I'm definitely excited to go check it out myself. Hell yeah. Speaking of being excited to check out things. <sighs> so we may have mentioned it on the show or not. I'm not sure about. Uh, you having a copy of Elden Ring that you were selling, and I'm like, you let me borrow that. So, you know, we got together this week, and you did. Here it is, Elden mm-hmm. Ring. And I had a chance to check it out. I've played, I want to say around, I haven't checked in a while, but probably 25 to 30 hours of it. Damn! Yeah, I've been like... You're playing. in. You, you've, they got you. They got me. I've been playing nothing you. but Elden Ring this week. And the funny thing is, is story-wise, I just beat the boss that allows you to respec. Mm-hmm. So for people who've played Elden Ring, they're like, oh, you're not that far at all. Right. I've just been experimenting and figuring out builds and watching videos and learning the game and mm-hmm. trying things out. I picked a profit class because I figured, you know, they had a decent spread of magic points. But then yeah. I realized that there's different types of magic in the game there's intelligence there's arcane there is a third stat that escapes my mind right now faith faith Mm -hmm. and there are different spells types that will scale up depending on you know how high you are in those single stats and then like certain spells can be cast with a wand others have to you have to like hold like an an incantation thing which is the prophet that's what he uses Mm mm-hmm and so I started off with like a, a basic build where I was kind of half melee, half magic and experimenting with that. That's using how this I really, started. <laughs> yeah. Using this really cool sword that like shoots a beam, but also does fire that you can get pretty early on if you kind of skip around the map a bit. There's some tough stuff that I had to do. I had to run through some late game dungeons by teleporting myself there on purpose, usually with mm. those trap chests and then just being like, <laughs> running. <laughs> Running my ass off. And it was so scary. And then I got a really decent build. And then that allowed me to kind of, I don't know, have a fighting chance. And then it felt more like what I talked about with the Ghost of Tsushima before. Where enemies can one or two shot me, but I can do the same to them. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then it, it, it was still tense. There were parts. There's some creepy parts in that game. Oh, my God. Some yeah. of the enemy designs. There's, like, enemies that skitter after you and make weird noises. And you're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's really creepy. But I, I've had so much fun with it. And I finally landed into what I think is going to be my build. And I have respect to it. I found out that incantations and arcane actually scale up well with dragon shouts so i'm basically the dragonborn in elden Ring. oh okay if you defeat dragons and there's one particular early on that you can defeat that doesn't fight back it takes a while but it helps you get a decent amount of levels in the beginning you get dragon hearts and then if you find this particular church in you know one of the kind of mid-game areas you can perform a ritual where you eat the dragon heart and learn a dragon shout. And there are certain dragons in the world that if you defeat them, their power will be added to the thing. So, for example, you might have a power where you can spit fire like a dragon. But if you Mm -hmm. beat a certain dragon, then you get a scaled up version of that spell named after the dragon you defeated. Oh, is that that the uh, spell where like the dragon head, a theory of dragon head comes up? Okay. 
It's fucking yeah. cool, dude. Like one of my favorite spells is a dragon claw because it comes out so quick. You just you float in the air for a second and a big dragon claw comes out and you just slam it down. You can do two in succession. And, you know, some strong enemies like they get stunned and usually they get two shotted with that spell or they get low enough where I can finish them off with my dagger. Yeah, it's been great. It really has. I've been having so much fun. I can't think about anything but it. I'm always like, OK, now I got to explore this thing, but I should go after these weapons. And oh, I remember I saw that video about cool summon spirits to check out. I should go after this one. Oh, wait, no, I just found this optional dungeon. I should go in there and see what's up. Oh my god, they kicked my ass. I should leave there and try this other place. <laughs> so there I have still hit like skill walls here and there, but then you know I did some more adventuring and you're then came back. Go, and, yeah. Yeah. You're able to explore. It's been fantastic. I've done invasions, I've been invaded, and that was fun. I got my ass whipped by much better Elden Ring players, which was interesting. And mm-hmm. I've had I had somebody help me defeat uh Godric. Oh okay. and they like popped in like hi. And I was like, hi, <laughs> with the little emotes. <laughs> We mopped Godric. Like, that was one of the bosses that I defeated on my first try. Just, I, I just got lucky and yeah. was able to summon somebody who knew what they were doing. They just went to the other side of the map, and I was on this side of, the, like, the arena, and he just didn't know which way to turn, and we gave it to him. And then That's afterwards, cool. yeah, they just they clapped or bowed or whatever, and then they just sat down until they disappeared. And I was like, "That's that's class right Goodbye, there. Goodbye, friend. <laughs> <laughs> You have done great good this day. <laughs> the only thing I've been afraid I'm a, I've been afraid to advance the game too much because I know there's a lot of missables and I've already missed a few things like you know talismans here and there that you have to talk to a person before you fight a certain boss stuff mm. like that. But I've realized slowly over time that it's okay if you miss a few things here and there, especially if you're going after particular builds. There are so many Elden Ring videos online, and yeah. I was almost half worried that I'd ruin the game for myself if I watched too many of them because they show, obviously, different areas. But a lot of them are pretty good just being about, you know, hey, beeline here, get this. This will help you through, like, levels 1 through 30, blah, 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 blah. Right. And without that, I may have been okay but the game has been so much more enjoyable now that I have the freedom to respec and try out different builds. In the beginning, I was just proud to like hop down to the beach by the starting area and beat one of those giant octopus things by myself. I was like, okay, I'm doing good. You I know. think the greatest strength of Elden Ring is the meta behind it all. And yeah. Like the community. The community. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah, it's insane. Like I haven't seen anything like this, hell, maybe ever. Like, the community is just so, like, dope. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely been building up, I think, with other FromSoft games. But this, I mean, we've heard it before, and I, I tend to agree. This is probably the most welcoming that a Souls-like game has ever been. Mm-hmm. Just by virtue of the design of the world, the openness of it, the fact that you have the horse and you can tear ass this way and that. They still have really shitty enemies like you'll run into one and you run away as fast as you can and then from like i don't know 500 yards away you just get hit with a giant arrow and you're like the fuck Mm -hmm. (laughs) like some some enemies just doggedly pursue you but even with that you know it, it there's just so many things that you can discover and find and there's so many notes that's another thing too i'm playing online obviously Mm -hmm. and uh, I've had a couple of troll notes where it's like I get to the edge of cliff and the note goes, try jumping. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about this. Know. And then I jump and, of course, I die. And I'm like, okay. Right. God damn it. But for the most part, <laughs> for the most part, when I'm exploring like a scary dungeon, the notes are super helpful. Like I'll be walking through a corridor and the notes like beware of left or first off item, then ambush. Right. And so I'll crawl through and look to the left, and sure enough, there's an enemy standing there waiting to attack me. Or I'll mm-hmm. pick up an item, and then something spawns in behind me and tries to hit me. But I'm ready, so I immediately dodge, right? right. And it's just, it's like, it's almost like a bunch of big brothers who have played the game before you, helping you out so that way the game doesn't teach you the hard way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've mm-hmm. still had a few lessons I've learned here and there, and I've definitely had some deaths. The other thing I've done to try to get over the psychology that used to kind of prevent me or gatekeep me from enjoying these games is I've just really been able to separate leveling up versus adventuring. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I get runes here and there during adventuring, and that's cool. But I just mentally go, okay, these could be taken away at any time, and that's okay. Right? And then I have times where I'm like, okay, (laughs) I am. What's that? 
I said, I'm not okay with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I need my runes. <laughs> right. Well, that's the other thing. I have times where I'm like, I'm leveling. This is my time to ah, grind. I see what you mean. Right? And so I level. And then, you know, when you get to a certain level, especially if you use, like, the Sleeping Dragon exploit, which will get you, like, the level 30 like that. Fucking nerd. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> but you'll you'll notice that you have so many runes before you can level up again, and it scales pretty big. Like, eventually, you'll have to spend, like, 60,000, 100,000 runes to level up once you get to late game, right? Mm-hmm. So then when you lose, like... I don't know, 5,000, 14,000 runes, it's like, oh, I, I lost some pocket change, yeah. right? So I'm not at that point yet, but I'm seeing it scale, and I'm like, okay, I'm starting to kind of understand the easy come, easy go nature of exploring versus leveling and being able to separate the two. And the thing is, you get to, and I'm pretty sure there's other Souls games are like this too, you get to keep the items you pick up when you die, and the items are so important in this game What's really important is how you can use smithing stones and then for unique items, what's called a somber smithing stone. And they scale from like one up through nine or whatever, maybe even higher. Mm -hmm. And they help scale your weapons, right? For example, I have put a lot of points in the arcane because that's what kind of governs my magic damage. And I have a dagger that scales with arcane stats. Like it just, and this is something I had to learn because it's not very clear in the game. As I kind of improve the weapon through smithing and using those stones, the, it starts from like arcane E to arcane D, C, B, A, S, right? And the higher that it scales in arcane, the higher uh, stat that I have, the more advantage it takes of that high stat. And then my damage on the physical weapon, the dagger, is based on my arcane stat right okay so yeah yeah, the the way it scales it's a little foggy and you definitely want to probably kind of tutorialize yourself a bit you know externally and there's definitely a lot of help out there but slowly this week i've been able to kind of really jive with it and it's just been such a joy Uh, a friend of mine that i haven't spoken with in like a decade uh, we used to be friends on xbox live like i think he friended me on 360 Uh and he reached out like hey i haven't talked to you in a while i saw you're playing elden ring i'm playing it too and we just we're playing Elden Ring together. He was rebonded. You know, like, yeah. Yeah, we rebonded. He was like, How you been, man? How's the family? And we're chatting and it's like, Oh, I just ran into a dragon. Oh, that sucks. You should try this. Have you looked up this thing before? Or, you know, and I'm like, Oh no. Have you heard about this thing? Oh, you should do that. And it was really cool to like exchange notes and just talk with somebody that I know. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just been I haven't taken a whole lot of notes about it, but there's been so many pleasant experiences and interesting things that have happened to me this week in this game. And I fully 100% understand why people are so passionate about it because it has just been a joy. It really has. Again, it's early on in the year. Uh, maybe not. It's almost half over, but yeah. I, I'm pretty confident Elden Ring will probably make my top five, which oh, yeah, I never well, thought in a million years that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. It is wild. Kirby's taking the top spot for for me so far. So far, yeah. Yeah, Kirby's in there, Pokémon's in there, Elden Ring. What a Oh weird yeah, I forgot group. about Pokémon. This is going to be a hard year. I know. For, to pick we a gotta, top game. We got to cop Gamer Friends style and add a few more awards this year aside from our top 5, like the best yeah. game in certain categories. Mm-hmm. Listeners, if you are interested or uh, enjoy our top five at the end of the year, let us know, like, what game categories do you want us to also talk about? Like, our favorite indie game, our favorite action game, our favorite game that we couldn't put down, or our favorite short game, you know, different categories. Let us know, like, what you'd like to hear about. We'll jot those things down and be thinking about them towards the end of the year. I got to tell you... There's a lot of different little things I enjoy about this podcast, but one of the things I enjoy the most is just wrapping up the year and talking about all the good gaming experiences we had over the year and maybe shitting Mm -hmm. on a few bad games we played. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah, Elden Ring, it sounds like it's going to be a contender. Yay. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that one of us was able to just experience the, the, the goodness of Elden Ring. Yeah. I feel like I could get you on too, eventually. I do. I don't know, man. There's an, enough different ways to approach it where I feel like I can get you on the path. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I've tried a couple different builds now, and both of them really kind of enabled me to tackle things without being, like, petrified. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I've been able to get in and actually do some damage. And, again, 
there were times where I'd have to try a boss like five, six, seven times. But the difference is the build helped me feel like my mistakes were causing me to lose the battle, not the game being dickish about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's such a huge difference. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe later I'll have time. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Year ain't over yet. Lots of stuff happening this year. Speaking of stuff yeah. happening, it's time to get over to gaming news. A gaming news. Man, so yeah, I don't know about you, but JRPG fans have been fucking eating these past few weeks. We had Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer mm. dropped. Mm-hmm. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 just dropped a release date trailer. It's coming out July 29th. Ooh, that is very soon. <laughs> it is very soon. I am getting it day one. The trailer was just so juicy. It was so full of like, obviously you see a trailer full of story bits and whatnot. And you're like, what the fuck does that mean? But mm-hmm. the thing that was the most interesting was, you know, how in uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 1, you have basically a regular JRPG party and you have the Monado, which is the story that lets you see into the future and stuff xenoblade chronicles 2 you have blades that act as like a supporting character and you mm. use the weapon that the blade provides in order to uh, fight enemies xenoblade chronicles 3 apparently there's going to be a fusion aspect to the battle system where two characters can fuse into like a evangelion gundam type of thing okay to fight characters <laughs> i saw it and i was like what the fuck <laughs> this is, is it complete with like a sailor moon style transformation cutscene? <laughs> oh man i it's like they're both standing foot to foot and the camera's like rotating around them and they're like yeah. oh, i'm up here oh, i'm down here <laughs> and they become this like evangelion monster that's silly yeah i was i was wondering what the gimmick was going to be for this game because i was like it can't just be the same as the last game it can't be the same as the first game there has to be something to separate it and yeah i think that's <laughs> that was a big big move man i cannot wait to play it and i maintain that if pokemon goes any further they're probably gonna get into fusion stuff oh yeah that would be a cool evolution yeah digimon yeah. already like was way past that like that was like the first yeah. season of digimon but and a lot lots of fan pokemon stuff already does that and those are really cool to see when they ever they fuse two pokemon but yeah so i think i think after the mega evolutions and the giga or whatever maybe maybe violet and scarlet yeah. <laughs> has fusion but this besides the i point. almost feel like they're too big now could you imagine trying to tackle fusion with over a thousand different pokemon well no it would just be a few just like mega evolutions there's just a few you just kind of add them on you pick you pick the most popular you know that people are gonna be like oh shit that's fucking dope you mean to tell me i can combine my gyarados with my tyranitar are you fucking Mm. kidding me okay it's gonna be like yeah oh man okay next digimon survive got another trailer and it's releasing on july 29th the same day as xenoblade chronicles 3 so i foresee that selling poorly (laughs) because <laughs> there's a lot of overlap in that community <laughs> yeah for sure so bunch of weeaboo um, bullshit yeah maybe they maybe they, exactly <laughs> <laughs> honestly i think i might buy it just to support digimon because i just fucking love digimon i love yeah. digimon hey it's if so if fans like you don't then who will exactly a new trailer for sonic origins which is a remastered compilation of sonic one two three and sonic cd and that will be coming out june 23rd and it's going to have like new animated content in there it's going to be dlc and whatnot which i i didn't read into too heavily but there's something about the dlc that people are pissed about but maybe we'll yeah maybe we'll find out more when we get closer to release it's only a couple of months i feel like they've done this so many times that like who cares you know i have multiple early sonic game compilations on the shelf over there for ps2 and on yeah it's crazy how many times they've re-released these games yeah it's like just make a new good sonic game please yeah like sonic mania you know just make more sonic mania like i liked how it had some new inspiration went back to the well for some older levels to remix them you could call it sonic remix take the original games modernize them a little bit switch them up but then keep the music and a lot of the level design so you still get that nostalgia factor like give us something new you know what i mean 
But honestly, if they don't have to, they're not going to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I ain't buying it, so you know. Yeah. We'll see if enough people like me decide to pass on it. What they what they decide to do next? Maybe they're like, well, uh, clearly you want a sequel to Sonic and the Black Knight. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Sonic and the oh, what was the Sonic what, and the was, Ten Rings or whatever it was. Yeah, Ten Rings. It was like when he was in Agrabah. Where? Yeah, it was like <laughs> Sonic and the Arabian Nights. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. What's what's next? The God Zilla. And the mm. King Kong are coming to Call of Duty Warzone for what? Operation Monarch, May 11th. What does that mean? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. <laughs> what does that mean? Right. <laughs> are there going to be two giant kaiju fighting in the background while you're shooting everybody? Or is everybody going to try and take down Godzilla and King Kong? Yes, I want both of those things. The, my, my money's on they're just going to be in the background. Yeah, like they're going to be part of the level. Yeah. Because I, I just don't, I don't see how that's, yeah. how you can hurt them. <laughs> it seems like it would be an interesting evolution to multiplayer map design too, to have like huge kind of destructible events occur. It would play into mm-hmm. strategy like, you know, you know, at three minutes into the map, this particular building is going to be stepped on or like atomic fire is going to wash across the street you know what mm-hmm. i mean and that would play into like luring people or distracting them that type of thing so yeah cool. i would like to hear like voice actors be like what the fuck is that <laughs> <laughs> Scottzilla! god damn it <laughs> run it's godzilla <laughs> right oh man i was just trying to kidnap a prisoner of war oh. <laughs> but okay what else not enough to get me to play them but it's cool that they're getting that that's neat that's that's yeah, creativity yeah. right there yeah so one of our most loved games on this podcast is it takes two mm-hmm. and apparently it takes two is getting a movie coming mm-hmm. to amazon prime with the rock producing and possibly starring now I don't hate The Rock. I actually I like The either. Rock. Yeah, he's I like right. The Rock. He's fine. Whatever. Yeah. He's just in everything. And it, it just gets to be a lot. Mm. However, as a voice actor, I feel like I can accept The Rock more than Do I Do you think it's going to be animated? <sighs> I, I guess part of it would have to be because they're, they're dolls at one point. I'm thinking like the Sonic route. It's going to be real people and there's going to be animated middle of the movie i think most of the movie is going to be like animated because it has to be yeah to be make-believe but then maybe it starts off real life i think that it potentially could be a really great movie i don't know how much money amazon's gonna throw behind it or who's writing the movie that's something we'll probably have to look into one of the things i did enjoy about it takes two that i feel like they just kind of hit shy of the mark on was working out a tumultuous relationship navigating that Mm -hmm. relationship with a child that you both have deciding whether or not you're going to split up and what that looks like and there was a lot of i mean i've looked into it before because it's kind of my jam my side jam is like psychology and relationships Mm -hmm. (laughs) so when the book of love was talking about certain things that you know like couples therapy wise that they were exhibiting behaviors they were exhibiting, not supporting each other and different stuff like that. It spoke to me a little bit. I was like, oh, they did their research. They kind of read a few books. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if they kept that theme and made it kind of a whimsical drama where these two people kind of split apart, they get really good advice. They learn to appreciate each other and they get back together or they don't, you know, depending on how they want to end the film, that would be pretty cool. I'd be into that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I just think that it obviously will always remain better as a game. And that's like, oh, sure. Most of the allure of it. So when they take stuff like this, and they're like, let's make a movie out of it because it was a good game. So obviously yeah. it'd be a good movie. It's like, no, that's not necessarily true, but we'll see. Well, I don't think people like you or me need it because we did play the game. But, mm. you know, for people where it just the mere fact that it is a game is kind of gatekeeping to them because they don't enjoy playing video games. I think it's a worthwhile story to tell, especially if it's told well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, hopefully they stick the landing out. more yeah. so than the game did. Yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. Because yeah. the game was really carried by the fantastic gameplay. It was so much fun to go through with a friend mm-hmm. and play that. They're really good at co-op experiences, that studio. So, all right. Well, uh, we got a couple of pieces of news that are a little bit more on the disappointing side. So we'll get those out of the way real quick before we wrap up. Uh, and then we have a couple of nicer stories at the end. 
Destructoid was reporting on this. I don't know who originally reported on it first, but it looks like uh, earlier we heard reports that Xbox was doing this and now Sony. They're both looking at in-game advertisement options in their free-to-play games. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, anybody that's ever played a free-to-play game on mobile knows that, like, you can get interrupted by a video that you have to watch, or maybe you get extra items if you don't skip it. There might be a lot of ads and stuff within the game, and it looks like they're kind of looking to do the same exact thing. In fact, Sony is currently testing a software program that would allow developers to create in-game ads ahead of the planned introduction to those ads later this year. So this is rolling out pretty quickly. I mean, they're not doing it in full, fully paid games yet, but the fact that they're creating this software, I feel like eventually it's going to be coming. utilized. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the first step into us seeing ads in paid games, and that sucks. <laughs> yeah. But I, I thought they already had ads in free-to-play games on yeah, console. I didn't realize console was an oasis to be free from ads in free-to-play games. I thought it was the yeah. same as mobile. So Yeah, when ads do come to fully paid games, I think we can find solace in the fact that there's so many games that came out before that happened that you can play and you can enjoy. And, I mean, again, we can kind of vote with our wallets. There are certain demographics that I think hear about this and don't care. And you and I have both met young gamers and sometimes old gamers who play, like, Clash of Clans Mm -hmm. and all these different mobile games. They've spent, like, $600 on the game over the course of, like, five years. Our kids' generation, Nora and Ben, they're they're not going to bat an eye at it. Probably not. not. Probably not. Although we are raising them on proper fully paid games. So we'll see if yeah. they put up with that bullshit later on. Dad, I need $50 for V-Books. Nope. <laughs> Good <Nope>. job. <laughs> I need $100 so I can skip ass in this game that we already bought. Nah. Yes. You have to watch them ads, mm-hmm. baby. You, you wanted to watch them ads. <laughs> All right. And then Axios reported on this, but it's pretty much been making the rounds. Nintendo of America was among the named companies in a national labor relations board filing where one of their unnamed workers claimed their legally protected right to unionize was violated. And obviously unionizing has been a hot topic in games development lately. And, you know, you hate to hear it from any company that you like, but I'm not particularly surprised. Now, to be fair, no, verdict has been landed no proof has been shown that has been like confirmed yet it's just the allegations nintendo did issue a response uh they said that they're aware of the claim and they mentioned that the contractor that was previously terminated was for disclosure of confidential information and nothing else Mm. uh they said that they're nintendo of america they're not aware of any attempts to unionize or related activity and they intend to cooperate with the investigation conducted by the NLRB. Mm. They mentioned, and this quote has been making the rounds too, they're fully committed to providing a welcoming and supportive work environment for all our employees and contractors. We take matters of employment very seriously. And I'm just like, can you just say, we're okay with unions. We're not union busting. They can't say that. They got to make vague and flowery. Now here's (laughs) the question. Do do they have unions in Japan? Because I don't think think about stuff like that. That's a good question. I don't know if there's any country on earth that has had such a successful campaign against unions as America has. Obviously, unions are the reason why we have an eight-hour workday and have weekends off. Mm -hmm. But at some point, enough money was poured into corporate America and they have enough influence over politics. I'm starting to notice it now in older movies and stuff, you know, back from like the 90s and early 2000s and probably happened in the 80s too – where it's just a lot of subtle anti-union messages mm-hmm. pointing people who are a part of unions as spoiled and ungrateful and the, mm. the poor corporations and owners that have to deal with their bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Like the, remember that old movie, uh, the Keanu Reeves movie, uh, the football movie called The Replacements? Uh-huh. The whole premise of that movie was a union dispute where the professional football players were on strike, so they brought in replacements. And oh, they... Wow painted the professional football players as spoiled. And so you have these two billionaire football team owners going, these guys with their million dollar cars don't appreciate the game anymore. 
And I'm like, well, what about your $2 billion yacht, you asshole? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but again, it's just like, there's been a concerted effort to try to demonize unions and you see a lot of anti-union rhetoric in companies. I mean, part of this uh, law- allegation, this lawsuit, the workers said they use tactics like layoffs, refusal to hire, threats, promises of benefits if you don't unionize, retaliation, discharge, discipline, surveillance. It all sounds pretty familiar. I don't know if Nintendo has done any of this, but I wouldn't be surprised if they have, or at least here in America, maybe more so Japan, to your point. Right. Um, if uh, Japan... Japan's not the greatest country in the world. They're, <laughs> they've got right. their own problems, so I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if maybe their corporate culture was also anti-union but who knows they're not the greatest but they also are the greatest because of anime (laughs) (laughs) anime gives them a pass huh yeah do whatever you want japan yeah and again (laughs) i'm not talking about japanese people writ large i'm talking about their government i'm talking about you know their ruling class i think the ruling class of most countries kind of fucking sucks especially if it's a rich country because you don't get dumb rich like you don't get to be the richest country in the history of the world like america without being just fucking horrible and we see that every day you know with a widening uh gap in class but that's a whole nother discussion (laughs) we'll keep an eye on that and see how it goes maybe nintendo can pave the way and be pro-union and and set an example for everybody else i doubt it but it's nice to dream Mm mm-hmm All right, so we have, oh, this is a story I forgot to mention to you. A data miner named Mondo Mega recently discovered Switch files that point towards Nintendo testing over 40 different Game Boy Advance games via various emulators. Hey! And I mean, we talked about, I think, last year, rumors about Game Boy games coming to Switch. I think we're going to reach the point, especially since, since we have N64 on there now, where Game Boy games and Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance will have aged enough to Nintendo's satisfaction where they feel like they're not going to lose out too much by throwing them onto the NSO. Right. So we'll see. I'm, yeah, I'm excited yeah. to Come hear on. that they're testing things out and they're using multiple emulators. Hopefully they learn their lesson from N64 and they're going to try to make sure that these games work optimally out the gate. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, speaking of movies, by the way, you mentioned It Takes Two. Streets of Rage has its own movie in the works. I guess oh, Sega's liking that yeah. Sonic money. Yeah. And they're like, hey, Streets of Rage. So, hey, I'm just saying, if they if Streets of Rage is as good as these Sonic movies, or as fun as these Sonic, let me say that, as fun as these Sonic movies are, then I think, uh, I think we'll be in for a real, a real, a real street. Due to the subject matter, I kind of hope it's a little bit more adult. Derek Kolstad, which is the creator of the John Wick action franchise, and he also actually wrote Nobody, your, one of your favorite recent mm-hmm. movies, Bob Odenkirk. Uh, he is writing the script for the Streets of Rage movie. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking, like, if they really lean into the street kind of aspect, you know, like a street level conflict. Yeah. You know, like Streets of Rage, really lean into the action scenes and the martial arts like that would be a really cool movie to see. Maybe not going to win any Oscars, but I don't care about that. (laughs) Yeah, I need to see a guy with a mohawk in a jean jacket outfit running at somebody with a knife. Somebody's got to get hit with a pipe. Yeah, running like this, like holding the knife like this. Come and get you. So I would I would love and I, you know what it's got to have a dope EDM soundtrack it's got like I'm talking like that Blade Two style soundtrack that's what I need Ooh, yeah yeah good stuff yeah. some massive attack you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. some prodigy I don't know I don't know who, who's big <laughs> nowadays I'm not I'm not hip I'm not with it but yeah I'm excited I'm definitely gonna keep an eye on that and again since they're writing the script probably a few years from now but you know who knows yeah. doesn't sound like a complicated movie to shoot right. Last up, you had mentioned this, a certain popular game getting a multi-platform release. Yeah, No More Heroes 3 is coming to PS4, PS5, Xbox, and Steam. PC, that's right. Or PC yeah. and PC. This fall, 2022. Yeah. That's that's nice for people who don't have a Switch. That's, yeah, that's crazy. I didn't think of No More Heroes as a franchise. Like, I'll, you think of No More Heroes, you're like, oh, you know what? It came out on PS3, though. It did eventually. Like, it's definitely Nintendo first as far as the history of the franchise, but it eventually had multi-platform releases, so. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not completely out of the way. I'm with it. I'm with it. It sucks that uh, 
Well, I think the first two will get released on Multiplat as well. They might, especially no, if uh, the third if one ends well. up selling really well. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. The thing is, they're just so inextricably tied to motion controls, you know, and yeah. that's why they're able to emulate it a little bit with Switch. It'd be interesting to see how they translate a lot of that if they decide. I mean, there are some things like the sections where when you're on the phone, they speak through the controller speaker. Obviously, PlayStation could handle that, but Xbox mm-hmm. couldn't. So, and when I need I to know. power up my bean saber, can I hold my PS5 controller sideways? And, and again, it? the PS5 controller could handle that. The Xbox controller could not. So uh, I can't jerk my Xbox controller PS5 <laughs> all day. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually really now that I think about it, because I haven't really thought about it much. I'm kind of surprised that Xbox hasn't gone into motion uh, or six axis. I mean, obviously, that's copyrighted, but it's not like the technology is hard to figure out. They have their yeah. own, you know, motion in their controller or, you know, microphone technology, any of that. Yeah, it's you know, weird. speakers. It's interesting. Yeah. But then again, they don't really need it. Yeah, I mean, they got their own niche, sure. But they they also directly compete. And again, again, we're talking about how they may potentially miss out on a port. So, I don't know. Yeah, true. Anyways, that will about do it for news. Before we wrap up, we did get a listener question this week. And I thought it was a pretty cool one. So, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to Duran W. Thank you so much for reaching out to us on Facebook. Duran asks, what is... Your favorite Easter egg in a video game. Okay, okay. Um, you wanna? Think, I, I have a couple I can think of. You wanna do one first? Yeah, I think I think my favorite one is going to be the Infinity Gauntlet in God of War twenty eighteen. That's really fucking cool. There's a side mission that you can. Is it a side mission or is it just collectibles? Well, I mean, it's. I guess you could say it's a side mission, but it's just the way it all comes together. Yeah, right? you can collect different stones that, and I forget the names of them, but I think there's six of them in total. And when mm-hmm. you get the there's not gauntlet, six, I believe there's only four. They didn't actually four? do full full six. Stones. Okay, yeah. Well, when you get all the stones, you get this gauntlet, and you can shoot like a power beam from it, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's. <laughs> it's really dope yeah like, the names of the stones and like the powers kind of simulate or kind of give a nod to like reality mm-hmm. or space different stuff like that yeah. it's pretty cool yeah, yeah. that was a really cool one really neat let me think um probably one of the most famous easter eggs i think and you know i talk about whenever i get whenever the subject is brought up of metal gear solid the first time you fight Cycle Manus and he mm-hmm. reads your memory card for other Konami games. So if you've played Suikoden or Castlevania, then when he goes, I can read your mind and it scans the memory card, he's like, you like Castlevania, don't you? Mm-hmm. That, that whole fight to me is an Easter egg, but that in particular I thought was really cool. So Yeah. Uh, let's see. Another one. The fact that you can find a blueprint for Arkham City in the warden's office in Arkham Asylum. Mm. That's dope. I never found it myself, but obviously later when the game was old enough, it was like, oh yeah, somebody found the secret room and it was there the whole time. And I'm just like, that's so, like, it's so Does it actually show the design of the city that made it in the second game? I think so, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's neat. That's really fucking cool. And, sorry, Kingdom Hearts is just one giant Easter egg. That's true, just because they're pulling from a couple of franchises, so they're yeah, going to have references. I, yeah, I really loved seeing Titus and Waka on Destiny Islands. Like, that was... That was really Is that cool. an Easter Even egg, though? Because they're, they're up front and center. Yeah, it's not an Easter egg. It's just, like, you know, just something cool that was in the game. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, the only other thing I can think about, and I thought this was wild, because I don't know how many people still remember this. Grand Theft Auto 4, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a satirical game, and Liberty City is modeled after New York City. So they have their own Statue of Liberty they call the Statue of Happiness. Happy. And you can make your way over to that island where the Statue of Happiness is. And I think it's around the backside of the statue. There's this plaque or this door, and it has a sign on it that says something like, No Secrets Here. And it's actually a false door. You can walk through it and get inside the Statue of Happiness. And there's a ladder. And if you climb all the way up, you start to hear it like thump, 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 thump. And you look up and there's this giant human heart inside of the statue Mm. that's like chained into the middle with chains like hanging on either side. It's basically the heart of the city. And I thought that was a, a wild fucking Easter egg to put in the game. So Yeah, that's crazy. 
Ooh, that's fucking wild. That's yeah, they're all over the place. Like uh, <laughs> I'm interested, listeners, if you think of an interesting Easter egg that you want to share from video games that you really enjoy, let us know. Shoot us a tweet. Shoot us a message. Email us. Whatever. We'd be happy to hear about it. Maybe we can talk about it next week as well. And Duran, thank you for that question. It was a really good one. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about going to do it. So we will give it up to the sponsor and we'll be back to close it out. We'll see you then. And we're back. All right, Derek. You got a store. You get out here and you find the rarities, the gamer goodies. You find the more, the most, some would say, and you put it on the store. Where can people find this stuff? Where can they get in contact with you? Let them know. Man, they can check out the eBay store at ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. I'm on Instagram at Gamer Goodies More and Twitter at Goodies underscore more. And I also have a couple of flea market booths and cases at the Peddler's Mall in Indianapolis, Indiana, 7803 East Washington Street, vendor 921. Check it out if you're ever in the area and uh, give me a call. Let me know something you can get, something you want. Not sure. For sure. All right, and don't forget, we do upload new episodes to our hub at anchor.fm slash player2 as enter the pod every single Sunday. But our podcast is also available on other platforms, including Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. You can find us on social media. We're on TikTok.com slash at player2 as enter the pod, Facebook.com slash player2 as enter the pod, YouTube.com slash player2 as enter the podcast. Still slacking on social media. Maybe I'll get around to it. I don't know, guys. I... We're putting out the show. That's the main thing. Right. Uh, but yeah. definitely subscribe. Yeah. Click the bell for notifications. Comment, rate, review, share, whatever it is. And, you know, we see a lot of interactions going to spur us on and help us get more listeners, more interaction that we can kind of really pick this thing off the ground. If you really want to help us get this thing off the ground, we have a fund dedicated to the podcast at patreon.com slash player two is under the pod. Shout out to our patron, Jordan. We appreciate you, sir. You kick a few dollars that way. We have some rewards that we'll give back to you and you'll help support the show. We use that money to make the show better. If you want to contact us, you can do it via social media or you can email us at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. If you have listener questions, guest suggestions, feedback, etc. I believe that's a show. All right. That was a good show. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Flowed really well. I, you know, for those who came out to listen to us, as I always say, we do appreciate you. We most definitely love you. And we hope to see you back next week. Take care. Peace.